0: Okay, so what we'll be talking about today is the principle of being predetermined. I'm not talking about anything doctrinal, so if you thought, like, oh, cool, something controversial, <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is just us as people being predetermined about things, okay? Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to see, okay, so, well, okay, so s- predetermined simply means to, est- to be established or decided in advance, uh, and so we're going to take a look at that, like I said, um, and it's pretty simple. I mean, on a daily basis, we are faced with decisions. We're constantly faced with the, the, the idea of having to, be, to, to make some kind of decision that uh, you know, will take us one way or the other. Uh, and really what it comes down to is, is this decision going to glorify God or is it going to glorify myself? And that's, that's really the main thing that I wanted to, uh, um, to talk about. And so we're going to take a few looks at, at some biblical examples of the good things and the bad things, people in the Bible that have done uh, the right thing and, and the wrong thing. And, so, uh, and then finally, we're going to take a look at what Jesus has predetermined about us and how he, he is set in his mind about how he feels about us despite how we move and act. And he, he loves us despite that. Okay, so we're going to take a look at that. So, uh, starting off, I don't have uh, key points. They're more like uh, reflections, uh, mainly because I had to ask myself these questions, like, am I doing these things? And, like, where, like, God revealed to me where I can purge out more, more and more, you know? And so I hope that that makes sense to you guys. So they're, they're posed as questions, um, and later on, kind of, like, statements, whatever. So, um so first, we're going to take a look uh, at the Pharisees, and we're going to look at being predetermined that you will never receive truth, uh, receive the truth that God has for you. Okay? Um, we up to date? <laughs> okay. Um, so if you guys want to, turn over to uh, John 19, 15. Um, this is something that our Bible study uh, has we just finished John, um, and so this was, this is just kind of fresh on our minds, and something that, like I said, has been uh, kind of on my mind the last couple months, and I think it's because God's been showing it through through John a lot of people being predetermined that they won't change their mind. Okay, so uh, John nineteen fifteen uh, it says, but they cried out, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? He's kind of being like, whatever. And uh, the chief priests answered, "We have no king but Caesar." And so that's the first kind of the thought is, you know. So we see the Pharisees; they were predetermined that they weren't gonna receive whatever God had for them. Like it didn't matter how God had shown up to them in any way. He could have shown up exactly how they pictured him. You know, the 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 king with the sword and destroying and tearing down and all that stuff. And they still would have found a reason to know, you know, say no because they made this decision, decision way back in, in, uh, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 8, 5 through 7. And collectively you see that as a people group, they made the decision that they were not going to receive what God had for them. Um, so in 1 Samuel 8, 5 through 7, I have most of the, the references. By the way, my wife did my slides for me. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's awesome. Thank you, babe. Um, I was, like, stressing about it. I was like, oh, we have this many days and this many hours. And she just did it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Gave me free time to work on Hannah's birthday gift. I finished it. <laughs> I was up till 2 in the morning, Hannah. Stop. I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. Um, so First Samuel 8, 5 through 7 says, and... Uh, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Uh, now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel, uh, Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And so we see this is, this is like the origin of where, you know, like, oh, obviously from the beginning we decided to, to sin against God. But this is where you see the people standing together, making a decision. We're not going to follow God. We're not going, we don't want God to be our king. We want fill-in-the-blank man to be our king. Even if that's myself, I'm going to be king. Uh, now you see in John, they decided Caesar was going to be their king. They didn't like Caesar. Caesar was enslaving them. Like, they were under the Roman law. They didn't be, Like, it's just... It's insane. So they would rather choose this guy over their king... Uh, over, over Jesus, who fulfilled all these prophecies that they were pretty well... You know, they, they knew it pretty good. And so... But, you see... Okay. All right. So... Um, so this is my first point of thought. You know? So, believer, are you stubbornly rejecting the truth... Uh, that God has given you. They had all the the reasons in the world to believe that Jesus was who he says he was and that he fulfilled all the prophecy, but they still decided no. And it's easy to point the finger at the Pharisees. We do that a lot. But a lot of times, they're doing what we do as believers. Um, And we receive truth on a daily basis we have this word every day. We have the, the access to this. We have access to prayer. And God opens and closes doors all the time. Yet we still have the, the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit and say, I don't like that. So I'm not going to do it. Now ask yourself, really chew on that. And, and think of the things that you're doing that to God in. Okay, so, um, man, okay. I'm going to take another sip and hope that this lasts. I like that you guys are right here. This helps a lot. Hey, dude. All right, so the next thing, and Eric said this, uh, he said this point like almost verbatim, uh, but if you're choosing yourself, you will be predetermined that you will compromise. You You will absolutely, without a doubt, you will leave room in your life to compromise and you'll justify it every which way. And so, uh, to that point, we're going to look at Judas. Uh, something better comes along. So, we're going to, we see that we'll serve Christ until something better comes along. Then I'll compromise for that lesser thing, the thing that uh, is a really cheap substitute for the, the real thing, Jesus. And so, uh, Matthew twenty six fourteen through 16, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot, Went, into the chief, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. They covenanted in with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. 30 pieces of silver. Was I, you know, like, what? Like that, it's, you know, th- and I, even him, like, after the fact, he was like, oh, crap. That doesn't even mean anything. You know, like, oh, man, I just betrayed the Son of God for a few pieces of silver, I can go buy something with it, but you know, it's not even worth it. But the reality is he had the caveat in his, in his mind that I'll serve God until something better comes along or until something is going to serve me better uh, or until something, that, that thing catches my eye and I want that thing. Then I'll compromise and betray the one that is laying his life down for me. You know, so but one of the things is you see Judas became familiar with sin. He was entertaining it. He was bargaining with sin. He wasn't fleeing the devil. He wasn't mortifying the flesh. He was bargaining with Satan, and he was saying, "This is my price, Satan. Do you have a price? Like that's my thing. It's like, do you have a price? And, he, and you people say like, well, I'll do, you'll do anything for enough money." It's like, man, there's a lot of things I wouldn't do for money. You know, like, there's, you know, but if you think about it, you're like, man, mm, that's kind of scary. You know, like, you start thinking about it, it's like, I think I have a line. I need to ask God to take that away from me, because I can't have a line. And Judas, he had a line, where he got paid, and he freaking took Jesus down. Uh, And a lot, and like Eric was saying, like, a lot of people would think, like, I'd never do that. Would you? Like. The last time you sinned against God, did you think you were going to do that? You know, so why would this be any different? You know, we, Eric, he laid that out perfectly. We completely, we lose sight of who the enemy is. We minimize the situation so we can keep our pet sins. We, like, all kinds of stuff. Uh, All so that we can leave room to compromise later. You're not filling all the space with the Lord. You're not filling all the space with, with Jesus. You're filling it partially, just enough to get by, but enough so that when that thing comes along, you can, okay, cool, I can get over here now. And, man, God forbid, okay? Um, so, mm, um, one of the other points is just the, the fact that, you know, Judas was following his heart. You know, so you see in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is uh, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Uh, we know that scripture real well, uh, Yeah, we follow our heart all the time. And if your heart is submitted to the will of God, sweet, like, go ahead and do that thing. Uh, but on its own, that thing is useless. That thing will just lead you down uh, just a horrible path, and uh, you'll be at that place where you thought, oh, man, I'd never do that. Here you are. That's why we have pastors all over the, the country, all over the world. Like Sam always says, they come up before, his, before their congregation blubbering, talking about how, God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. You know, people, please forgive me. Please. Um, I've sinned against God, and it's this horrible, heart-wrenching thing. And it's whether you like them or whatever, it, it's still it's hard to see. It's hard to see because you realize at that moment that that decision wasn't made In the moment, they made that decision that they were going to do the thing that they did long before it came up. You ever heard that saying that uh, not, what is it, not planning is planning to fail or something like that? You know, I think, I think I, if you don't, what is it? If you fail to plan, I'm planning to fail. Thanks, Sam. That's why you're here (laughs) for those things. Uh, Yeah. But that, that's so true. If you don't plan, what is I forgot it already. If you fail to plan, then, plan to plan. If you, fail to plan, then you plan to fail. All right, yeah, that's it. So, uh, like, like Eric was talking about, he, he didn't have the correct, uh, there's a water bottle floating in front of me right now. Uh, if, if, if you don't set up the correct uh, escape route, if you don't make a plan to to move out of the way of that compromising situation, you will be there. Don't be surprised um, all right so the the thought with that is believer are you are you compromising by flirting with sin instead of getting it out of your life are you are you tempted to just sit there and say, "Well, it's not so bad, it's not so bad and before you know it, you're knee deep in so um, all right. So the next thing, if you're choosing yourself, you will be predetermined that you will give up when things get hard. And, uh, man, this one hit me. Because I've seen, I've only been here coming up on like seven years. That's not that long. And I can't even tell you how many people I've seen come and go from this place. Um, It like breaks my heart. Even disciples. I've had multiple disciples leave me. And, uh, and walk away from, from the Lord and uh, you think in the moment, obviously, again, like you're saying, you're like, oh, I'll never, there's not, no, of course, I'll never leave God, you know, um, but that's without taking into like, consideration all the, you're not counting the cost fully. If you, if you think that way right now, you know, you think about it in terms of like, what will this really cost me? And I'm not, am I willing to go to that length? Am I willing to go that far? Um, and so, um, to look at that, we look at Peter, you know? Okay. So Peter, he's, he, we see him fleeing trial due to fear, you know? Uh, and it's so sad that scene, we have a friend, uh, who's, his, his band wrote a song about Peter, um denying Christ and how the whole time he's like, Never. Jesus, you're wrong about me. You're wrong about me. And then by the end of it, he's saying, Man, I wish you were wrong about me. Ugh. And that, every time I listen to that song, it just like ruins me because that's me. You know, the whole time I'm I'm saying like, Not me, God, not me, God. And then I do that thing and I'm like, I wish you were wrong. I wish you I wish it wasn't true. You know, because in our flesh dwelleth no good thing and we can't trust it. And so um the difference kind of here with Peter is, you know, his fear, put a, he was in a place of weakness. Uh, he allowed, he, his faith necessarily in what Jesus stood for and, who, and what he believed did not waver. You see that because he continues on. But what happens here is a, pla- a, a, a season of weakness where he, his fear is allowed to take control of the entire situation. And, but the reality is, good or bad. Peter's still predetermined that there was going to be something that would make him give up. Like, there was still a point where he'd be like, Ooh, okay, I don't want to do that. You know, so when he's in the secret and they're in the garden and they're coming to get him, he's like, yeah, and like cuts the dude's ear off. And Jesus is like, what? Like, why would you do that? Put that away. And he's like, okay. But when he's out in public and everybody you know, he sees this 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 young woman. She's like, "Wait, aren't you one of?" And he's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> "No." And then like someone else, is like, "Hey, wait! I'm pretty sure." And he's like, uh, "I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't even know who that is." And, you know, and he continues on, and and he keeps denying Christ, and before he realizes it, he's back. He realizes immediately what Jesus had told him, uh, and so um, it's just so sad. You know, you see him uh, then say at the damsel. Uh, at that door, or that kept the door unto Peter, uh, art thou also one of this man's, man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. He didn't even hesitate. It really wasn't even hard for him, because he, already, he was like, I know my plan. When this happens, I'll just say, no, I, I, uh, I don't know him. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, you hear that story all the time, you know, people that get like, people get arrested with uh, their friends and uh, then all of a sudden, one person is in trouble, but everyone else is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, unfortunately, I know a lot of people that have gone through that situation. And, uh, yeah, and uh, it's like, man, don't be surprised because they made that choice when you all were doing your, your thing that they were going to put the blame. They weren't going to take the blame. So Peter here has predetermined that he is not going to, He's not going down with the ship. He's finding the first lifeboat. And uh, so things getting hard for us look like so many different things. It could look like financial problems, uh, marital problems, uh, just relationships in general, being persecuted, whatever, Uh, your expectations not being met. There's so many different things that can make you say, like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be this hard. I can't tell you, again, how many conversations I've had like that That, like, man, I understand this, and I understand what Jesus did, and I understand this. I just didn't know that it was going to be this hard. I didn't know I was going to have to, like, die to myself. I didn't know I'd have to be wrong sometimes. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, and, man, that's what I'm saying. Count the cost now while we're young. We are young. We're a young adult ministry, and we have so many, like, Lord willing, we have so many good years ahead of us of of uh ministry and if we don't make these types of decisions beforehand we'll we'll end up far off. Okay, so um I'm gonna skip that point. Uh, okay so um yeah so Peter was afraid. You know you see him in you know when he got to walk on the water. He he was like all about it when he saw Jesus doing it. He got in it and saw the Everything, every, all the storm and the waves crashing. And he's like, yeah, there's no way anyone should be able to walk on water. Why am I walking on water? There's nothing. You know, he started to see all his his circumstances collapsing in on him. And he decided, I don't have any, my faith is like missing. Um, but man, it's, Jesus was right there. He said, Lord, save me. That was his words, you know. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus just was like, phew. He wasn't like, you stupid guy, why would you, you know, of course, you know, he was like, here you go. He did say he had a little faith, but he's like, that's tame compared to what he could have said, I don't know. Um, But we all have fear in the flesh, you know. Uh, I'm scared of clowns a little bit, Um, but who's not, you know, like, they're stupid. Brandon's afraid of, like, gorillas and monkeys and stuff. Dogs, yeah, they're not. But mainly gorillas. Like, I won't say whose fear is more legitimate, but I think we know. When have you ever encountered a gorilla in the, in the out in the streets? There was at one time. They did get out of their cage. They didn't get out of the zoo. But, you know, they did that smart thing. They, like, leaned a tree up against the wall got out, it was so smart, and then they got lured back in with chocolate. (laughs) Like, ruined all the, like, cool smartness that they just did, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'll get the chocolate. Go chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) So, don't be like them. Um, Yeah, so the fears of this temple world are nothing in comparison to what God has for us. Uh, in, in heaven and and so don't allow that stuff to to take your your joy don't allow fear to take your your confidence in what god's given you so believer do you allow your fear of going through challenges keep you from serving god are are you going to be afraid to to go to that place that god tells you are you afraid to go to Nineveh are you know are you going to say no that's too scary i'm not doing that <coughs> chew on it all right So now, um, you can move on to the next one. Choosing Christ. So the first one we looked at was choosing self. Now we're going to look at what it looks like to choose Christ. Okay, So if you're choosing Christ, you will be predetermined that you will allow God's Word to change your mind. As believers, we have to go into every day willing and ready for God to change our mind through His Word. Right? Okay, so... I'm going to use this example. We're actually in Acts here in uh, in our ministry, so this fits uh, Acts nine fifteen through seventeen. Uh, but the Lord said unto him, "Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me." Now this is he's talking about Saul, Paul. You know at this time, so Paul is becoming Saul is becoming Paul, and uh, he's talking. This is Christ, uh, Jesus Christ talking to Ananias, and he's telling him, you know, go and and pray with him. And, and Ananias has some serious doubts, rightfully so. Saul was literally just killing Christians, and he was on his way to kill some more. Okay, so, uh, so, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I, will show unto him, or, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So that is in direct opposition to what Ananias went into this conversation thinking. And Ananias, this is his response. And Ananias went his way. That's it. I mean, you could stop there. He went and did what, like Jesus said, he went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto me uh, unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath uh, sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So Ananias' rebuttal to what God told him wasn't like, no, he's the bad dude. There's no redeeming that. He said, okay, all right, I'll go cool if you if you've green marked him like yep that's good to go i'll go talk to him and that needs to be our mentality we don't as believers we are indebted to christ to allow his word to mean something to us hasn't he earned at least that much so when he tells us something for us to say but god i don't want to do that it's like what We're the children. He is the Father. We don't really get to do that, right? And, um, man, God forbid that we do that. So uh, when our reasoning uh, comes in contrast with God's truth, His truth needs to win every single time without fail. And, uh, yeah, man, um, Romans 3, 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true. Uh, But every man a liar. That's including you, yourself. We are liars in comparison to what God says. I don't care if I'm right. That should be all right. I mean, I do. I'm saying in my flesh, I'm like, man, I want want to be right. I like to look smart because I'm not. So I'm like, I'll do this thing and try and look smart. And then I worked for Mike Renault and I never felt smart again. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't know, that dude is like Rain Man. He is incredibly smart. <laughs> it's insane. He uh, And Kendall. Where you at? There's Kendall. Yeah. He can do, one time we were working on his engine, and uh, he, we couldn't find a socket size, and he goes, oh, hold on, and he made a chart, like a metric chart of every size, like he did the math, like that, and just like figured out, Kendall is insanely smart. I forget it. you were like an engineer. So if you haven't uh, ever got to talk to Kendall, go talk to Kendall after this. If you want to feel dumb, go talk to Kendall. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, no. All right, so um, we need to let God's word be the final authority in our lives, not your feelings, not our feelings, not what we already thought, not what we came into it thinking. Uh, we need to let him change our mind, and there's, there's no way around that. If you want to live a life glorifying to Jesus Christ, his word needs to be the final authority and he needs to be able to change your mind when you're wrong, which is most of the time, right? Uh, So, all right. So the next thing, if you're choosing Christ, you will be predetermined that there is nothing worth compromising for. Okay? And so, um, all right. So, uh, Romans 8, 12 through 13. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you live through the spirit, uh, if through the spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Okay, so Eric just talked about this, right? We don't owe our flesh anything. And in those times where you're feeling like you're tempted, you're real tempted to do whatever that besetting sin of yours is looks like anything. Uh, it's real tempting to say. I think I need to do this. Really? You need to do this? And that's, like, one of the, like, the first steps of, like, I'm not a a budgeting expert, but I've heard Larry speak before. (laughs) And one of the things, one of the things that he talks about is making differences, like, differentiating between needs and wants. All right? And... Real quick, if you get your focus, if you're, if you're pursuing a certain thing, your focus can become really quickly that this thing is a need, when in reality, no, it is not. You do not need to eat Chick-fil-A every other day. You do not need to do whatever that is. You do not need to do that thing. And the sooner we realize what the differences between needs and wants are, the easier it is for us to be able to, like, say, oh. Uh, I actually don't owe you anything flesh. I will not do that thing. And then for a second, you're like, I'm going to die. I am going to die. And then give it another 20 minutes, and you're like, I'm fine. I guess I didn't need that thing. As a kid, I was like that a lot more than I am now. I'm still that way with some things. But uh, pretzels were like a big deal in my life. I memorialized it by getting a pretzel tattooed on my leg. So, praise God. That is, all things are passed away. Um, So, okay. uh, To to get to this example, we're going to use Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah. You may not know who those guys are, but you may know who Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is. Okay, so... When, when I first like, started following Christ, I remember saying to Uriah one time, like, man, if I have triplets, I'm going to name them Shadrach, Meshach, and Medgo. And he was like, why? That's their slave names. And I was like... I was like, yeah, that's right, yeah. I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, okay, so Daniel eight, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel understood what it meant to, to not compromise. Daniel predetermined in his heart and with his actions that he was not going to do this. So, in another in, in way, he was not making the decision in the moment. Am I going to, you know, if, if as a married man... If I made the decision to not cheat on my wife in the moment, who's to know what I would do in my flesh? Because my flesh, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But before anything was ever said, I, look, God, kill me before I ever cheat on my wife. Lord, take my life, because that would be better than going through that humiliation and that heartache and that, like, like oh, God. And so that Daniel understood that. He's like, I don't want to do anything that's going to defile Myself as a child of God, as a, as someone, you know, okay, so we see that, and uh, man, oh, man, he, so he didn't eat, him and these other dudes, they, they, they didn't eat the meat that the other servants were supposed to be eating, and so they went through, like, a good, like, like, they, it was, a, to them, it was a small issue, But then the the prince of the eunuchs came and he's like, hey guys, you're going to have to meet with the king and he's going to be wondering why you're so skinny and the other guys are not skinny. What's going on? And they were willing to go that far with it. And they're like, all right, well, give us some kind of other substance. We'll eat that, get healthy, and then stop eating again. Like, are you willing to go that length to not compromise? To not, like, allow sin to have a foothold in your life? That's how far they were willing to go. Um, so Daniel 6.10, this is, uh, okay, so, Now Daniel. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, uh, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chambers towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This was when he was faced with the decision of no one was supposed to make any kind of uh, request of anyone but the king. For a certain amount of time. And this was done trying to get Daniel killed. Okay? The, the decree was if you do this, you get thrown in the den of lions. Okay? Uh, Daniel 6.23. And this is after he, he's thrown in the den. And they come to see him the next day. And the king who actually did like Daniel goes, Daniel, you all all right in there? And uh, Daniel says, my God hath sent his angel and hath shut the, li- the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. That's what not compromising got Daniel. Okay, so to look over again now at uh, these other three, these three fellows, uh, Daniel 3, 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Uh, This matter of should we worship this uh, idol that you commanded us to worship? Uh, Also, I'm curious. I don't know what the instrument sackbut is. It's like a trombone, okay. It's, like the, the predecessor. it's a predecessor to the trombone, but it's a funny name. <laughs> I had it. It, was, it was funny. I thought. Um, so this is them in their response to them being found out that they're not worshiping this idol that they were supposed to be worshiping. Uh, we they're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and if He will deliver us out of thine hand, or and He will deliver us out of thine hand. Uh, o, o king, and verse 18 says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. There was no question in their mind. They, weren't, they were decided. They were already predetermined. All right, we are slaves in this nation. This sucks. Uh, but we have a line in terms of what we will and will not do. And we will not serve your gods. I don't care if that means we get thrown in a fiery furnace. Like, mine, sometimes my line is like, I'll just be hungry a little bit. Like, I'm just like, I, just won't, I can't do that. Like, me and Nick tried that. We, we did it. We went, like, a whole day. We fasted the whole day. That was hard. We tried it one other time, too, and we both texted each other, and we were like, hey, man, I think I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> This time we have a few more guys, and we're a little bit more, like, pumped up to do it. Uh, but it's so weak in comparison, you know? Like, what they're facing compared to what we're facing now, it's like, oh, my gosh. And so, by the way, Jorge, I'm having to preach on the day that my one of my best friends is getting married. And I'm like... <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited, man. And I didn't wear my clothes to bed last night. So if this sucks, that's why. It was so humid in my house last night. It was so humid. I couldn't do it. Um, But to make up for it, I wore my best shirt. This is my favorite shirt. I, never found, I found this at the thrift store a few weeks ago, and I was like, man, that's cool. No collar. But anyway, I hope that makes up for it. I hope you guys can forgive me. Um, all right, so um, Joshua 24, just to, to continue to add on to that. And, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land uh, you dwell, but as for me, in my house we will serve the Lord. Uh, man, the decision to not compromise can't be done in the moment. The decision to not compromise has to be made well in advance. That Christ is not, there, Christ is worth not compromising for. Uh, you know, there's nothing that's going to make you say, you know, this thing's better. No. Work that out in your own mind. You know what those things are. You know where your weak point is, and Satan does too. And he's going to find it. He's going he's gonna to poke at that open wound. He's going to keep doing it until you give in. And uh, man, don't give him that. Resist the devil. Flee quick. All right? Believer, you owe your flesh nothing. There's no good, no good reason to compromise. Never. You're never going to tell me a good reason. I've yet to hear it, and I'm not going to hear it. There's not going to be a good reason to say, oh, I had to do this thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. seems like there's other things that you could have done. Well, but I was going to, this would have happened if I would have, I would have had to pay more for this thing. I would have had to, you know, mm, okay. sounds like there was another option, and you thought of that option, and you said, I don't want to do that thing. So just know it. Decided in your heart. There isn't. There is no good reason. So that way when your flesh is, you know, you and your spirit and your flesh are conversing and you're trying to like convince yourself that like, oh, this, I mean, this isn't so bad. When that comes up, it should be an immediate red flag. When you're sitting there trying to justify your sin, immediate red flag. And you should call that thing out. And like Eric was saying, you need to headshot that thing and get it out of here. One shot, Pew, done. Flesh, done. You know, so, OK. <sighs> that really got her. <laughs> Okay, I'm all right. All right. All right. So, okay. Uh, So choosing Christ, we're going to be predetermined uh, that you can go through anything with Christ. You will be able to go through any trial with Christ. Uh, And if that is your pursuit, if your pursuit is to follow Christ, you will believe that wholeheartedly. And he will take you through that thing. Um, Okay, so to use that example, Job. I got to teach on that, uh, you know, last year. And, man, Job is a great example for most things. You can just, you, you humble your life. Yeah, most things, only most things. Um, anytime you're going through something, you can kind of, like, put it next to Job and say, I think I can get through that thing. It's a pretty good, like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Uh, Job 23.10 says, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Uh, Man, Job was ready to go into it. He was like, all right, this looks like it's going to suck. It, so far it sucks, and it looks like it's going to get worse, uh, but let's do it. Um, he's, he has predetermined in his mind that he can get through this thing as long as God is with him. Can we do the same thing? You know, uh, He understood that principle, that there's not a good reason. There's never going to be a good reason to compromise, and if anyone had the excuse, besides Jesus, to to let that you know to like turn his back on us, if if anyone else had the excuse to turn their back on something, it was Job, because he was going through so much stuff. And we, man, our car breaks down, and we're like, never mind. <laughs> like, oh man, you know. And I'm not saying like those are real issues; they're real problems. But man, we need to see everything through the light and the lens of of the Word of God, and allow. Jesus to, to be true, and be right, you know, like, man, he, how many times does he have to prove something to us for us to understand, we can go through things with him, you know, and so, um, uh, even when it seemed like every other person, his wife, you know, his wife in Job 2.9 said, then said his wife unto him, uh, does thou still retain thine integrity, curse God and die, whoa, Marriage advice, don't ever talk to your spouse that way. <laughs> Super <laughs> discouraging. <laughs> Instead, be like Amanda and help them with a PowerPoint. So, um, so, but we see in return, you know, Job is like, man, you're crazy, lady. Uh, what, are we only supposed to get good things in life? Or, we, just, you know, like, come on. But you see, his heart even displayed later on in the book in Job thirteen fifteen. He says, "Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my no ways before him." Man, man, come like we can do that thing—not in our flesh, but in the power of Jesus Christ—we uh, can do that thing. And so, and then to to kind of really just just drive this point home. So Exodus fourteen thirteen. All right, uh, Moses, and Moses said unto the people, "Fear not; see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you this uh, show to you today. For the Egyptians which ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. So this bondage that they were in, this this trial that they were going through, that they thought was like never going to end." God sent Moses to tell them it's going to end. It's coming to an end very soon. Uh, so get ready. And so, it, so it's like that, um, like, um, if you know, if you're running a race and you see no end in sight, it's just that more, much more tempting to, to walk because you're like, oh my gosh, like when is this going to end? But, if you know, like, okay, all right, I just got to get this much further. That's why I, like, run on a treadmill. If I ever do run, I don't run. But because you can see, like, the distance. Like, all right, I set a mile, and that's where I'm going to go. And I see that in a minute and a half at this pace, I should hit the mile. And I think I will not die in a minute and a half. So let me continue. Uh, that's what God is doing for us. He's saying, like, don't lose sight of the fact that, look, look at me. I'm the finish line. You're almost there. Continue, come on, you're almost there. If you have, he's like your coach, and he's just like, come on, running with you and encouraging you. He's the guy that finished the race like way before you, and then has so much energy that he ran back and he's like, hey, and come on, dude. And you're like, please leave me alone. <laughs> no, I. But <laughs> when you can see, um, when you can see that there is a goal worth achieving it's that much more encouraging to finish through with that thing and to know he won't let you, he'll let you fall, he'll let you, you know, struggle, but he's always going to be there to pick you right back up and say, all right, let's keep going, let's keep going. And so, um, man, um, all right, I have a, I've never done this before, but I have a quote from this book. Has anyone ever read this book? Fox's Book of Martyrs. Alright, this is a good book, you should read this, it'll change life. Okay, I'm going to read this quote. This man named Polycarp, okay, not a common name, um, but still a name, it is a name. And uh, he is a great example of someone who understood that they could get through anything with Christ. And he was willing to go into that, that trial, that thing, with joy in his heart knowing that he was getting to suffer with Christ, okay? This is going to be hard for me, okay? So just bear with me. Ugh. Okay. So they, I'm just going to give you background so I don't have to read the whole thing. So they, these, these guards come to take Polycarp because he's a Christian, and they're going to go, and they're going to kill him, okay? These guards get there, and they realize this is a sweet old man. I don't want to kill this guy. So they're telling him, they give him an ultimatum to deny Christ, and this is where, you know, we find Polycarp. Okay. The, the proconsul then urged him, saying, Swear, and I will release thee. Reproach Christ. Polycarp answered, Eighty and six years have I served him, and he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who has saved me? All right. So that's pretty rough. And uh, the proconsul again urged him, Swear by the fortune of Caesar. Polycarp replied, Since you still vainly strive to make me swear by the fortune of Caesar as you express it, affecting ignorance of my real character, hear me frankly, declaring what I am. I am a Christian. And if you desire to learn the Christian doctrine... Assign me a day, and you shall hear. That's some faith. My goodness. So they're just telling him, like, this is your easy out. Just deny Christ, follow Caesar, just whatever. We just want to leave you here, actually. And he's saying, he's never let me down. Why should I let him down now? And he uh, goes on to say... (laughs) Hereupon, the proconsul said, uh, I have wild beasts, and I will expose you to them unless you repent. He said, call for them, replied Polycarp. For repentance with us is a wicked thing if it is to be a change from the better to the worse, but a good thing if it is to be a change from evil to good. I will tame thee with fire, said the proconsul, since you despise the wild beasts unless you repent. So they're still, they're just going at him. They're like, man, all right, now you're getting on our nerves. We're going to up the ante. And then he ups, he ups the ante a little bit more too. And he says, then said Polycarp, you threaten me with fire which, ex- which burns for an hour and is soon extinguished. But the fire of the future judgment and of eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly you are ignorant of. But why do you delay? Do whatever you please. Ugh. That's it. I can't read it anymore. Um, Polycarp understood what it meant to be able to go through anything with Christ. He was ready, and he did. He, he got killed. And his death, even, they were perplexed by his death because they couldn't light him on fire. And they're like, oh, well, this is weird. Uh, and he was like, I don't know. They had to figure out how to kill him because he was that confident in the Lord. It didn't matter. He's the same. He's in the same position as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And and Daniel, he said, well, I don't care. Whatever. If he saves me, then he does. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. Either way, I'm going to be with the Lord. You figure it out. You figure out what you're going to do with me. This is an old man. And his son, oh man, his son wanted to go with him too. He was a young man. And he was like... Man, Dad, I want to go. I want to die, too. I want to die for Christ with you. And he's like, no, 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 no. You'll have your chance. You just stay. You keep doing what you do. Yeah, it's like, man, that was encouraging. <laughs> Pop. He's like, no, you'll die, too, a horrible way. I'm sure, you know. Um, but his son's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do we look forward to trials? Do we look forward to challenges? Because we should. Because they're going to Refine us. They're not a bad thing. They're actually a good thing. We should be... Man, don't go seeking to like be in hard times and whatever, but when they come, man, rejoice. A- acknowledge that like this is an opportunity to serve Christ with everything. All right, so believer, decide, that, decide now that Jesus is worth everything. That's the last uh, point of reflection. But to close, the greatest example of being predetermined however, is of course our Savior Jesus Christ. (sighs) He came down to earth off of his throne to a people that hated him. Uh, He was mocked, beat, and finally nailed to a cross. He died on that cross. Uh, He was buried, and he rose from the grave on the third day, all because, you know why? Because he was predetermined that he was going to do that for you. He was decided beforehand that there was not going to be something to stand in his way from him laying his life down for you he 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 exemplified that for us um man um so uh, he did all that man he he left the 99 to get to that one sheep that that lost that was lost and uh He did everything so that we could be back in right fellowship with him, right? Uh, He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Uh, He predetermined that whosoever calls on his name will be saved with no ifs, ands, or buts. You call on me, and you ask for forgiveness of your sins. You repent and believe in the gospel. Here I am. Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation. So um, the invite's open to anyone. It's never too late until it's too late. You know, you don't know if. I always think about that. Like, could walk out. I've been hit by a car. So that's not like a, like, well, I wonder if that could happen. Like, I've been hit by a car once, and I know there's a good chance with all the cars in the city, you'd be walking around and boom. You get hit by a car, and you're done. And then what? I was fine. I lived. (laughs) Here I am today. Um, Hurt my knee, but I'm fine. But man, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is a day on a fool's calendar, right? So, in conclusion, if we're going to be holy and live a blameless testimony, we must make the decision beforehand that we are not going to sin against God. Not in the heat of the moment. Does that mean you won't fail? Does that mean you won't stumble or fall? Of course not. We still have a flesh, but just as Jesus Christ decided that he was never going to give up on you, you must decide you will never give up on him. And so, that's it. Um, Like I said, the invite is open to anyone. If If you realize in that, that you don't understand, you don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know if you've ever repented of your sins and believed on the gospel and called on his name, uh please we'll have people up front that will be more than happy to talk to you and to help lead you through what that looks like and so um yeah uh that's it that's it so